good to be with you. It's good to be with you. Um, I've enjoyed immensely uh, our pastor's series of messages this spring on from Genesis to Revelation on the great truth that God wants to be with us. And I've been studying uh, in my own personal devotion to the life of, of Abraham, to, today Abram. We had an interesting discussion. We were on vacation last week uh, with four uh, of our grandchildren, uh, Brian and his uh, wife, great wife, Dr. Floor, and four of the kids. And uh, they all have biblical names. Uh, well, three out of four have biblical names, I guess, Brian. Uh, saying, well, no, I think they all have four, four. I don't know. I don't remember. Uh, but we were talking around the table about some of the names and where they come from in the Bible and the fact that um, in, in Old Testament times, a child could be given a name at birth and then that name could change. That name could change given circumstances uh, uh, in, in a person's life. And we're going to be looking at the, the life of Abraham, uh, a, a chapter from his life today. But... At this point in time, he is Abram. Abram means father, and Abraham means father of many, and we're going to see how that comes about. Uh, but uh, this idea that God wants to be with us is powerfully illustrated. If you have your Bibles, would you turn to uh, the book of Genesis, to the 13th chapter? going to read the whole chapter, and then want to read the first verse of the 15th chapter, Genesis chapter 13, short uh, chapter, verses 1 through 18, and then 15, verse number 1. I want to talk to you basically on the subject of Abram, be happy. You are blessed. Abram, be happy. You are blessed. Genesis chapter 13, verse number 1. So Abram went up from Egypt to the Negev with his wife and everything he had, and Lot went with him. Abram had become very wealthy in livestock and in silver and gold. From the Negev he went from place to place until he came to Bethel, through the place between Bethel and Ai, where his tent had been earlier, and where he had first built an altar. And there Abram called on the name of the Lord. Now Lot, who was moving about with Abram, also had flocks and herds and tents. But the land could not support them while they stayed together, for their possessions were so great that they were not able to stay together. And quarreling arose between Abram's herdsmen and the herdsmen of Lot. The Canaanites and the Perizzites were also living in the land at that time. So Abram said to Lot, Let's not have any quarreling between you and me, or between your herdsmen or mine, for we are brothers. Is not the whole land before you? Let's part company. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. Lot looked up and saw that the whole plain of the Jordan was well watered, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt towards Zoar. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. 
So Lot chose for himself the whole plain of the Jordan and set out toward the east. The two men parted company. Abram lived in the land of Canaan, while Lot lived among the cities of the plain and pitched his tents near Sodom. Now the men of Sodom were wicked and were sinning greatly against the Lord. The Lord, verse 14, the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had parted from him, Lift up your eyes from where you are, Abram, and look north and south, east and west. All the land that you see I will give to you and your offspring forever. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth, so that if anyone could count the dust, then your offspring could be counted. Go. Walk through the length and breadth of the land, for I am giving it to you. So Abram moved his tents and went to, the, uh, to live near the great trees of Mamre at Hebron, where he built an altar to the Lord. And then the first verse of the 15th chapter. Just turn the page. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. Abram, be happy. You're blessed. Let's look at this passage of scripture and break it down a little bit and see the blessings that God gave Abram. And let's then look at our own lives. I think the first thing we need to see here, God is saying to Abram, Abram, you be happy. You are blessed because I'm happy with you. Abram, be happy because I'm happy with you. Look at this, verses 14, basically verses 14 through 17. God is saying to Abram, I'm giving you this land. Walk through it. It's yours. East, west, north, south. Everything about it is yours. Be happy. Many years ago when uh, one of our nephews was about 16, we were home. Actually, we were home from Germany uh, on leave. And we were visiting the families there in the Springfield area at the time. And um, my brother-in-law, his wife and sister had bought uh, their, their uh, son a junker uh, uh, for his 16th year old birthday. It wasn't a great car. It was not even close to being a great car. But dad was selling. He was selling hard. Look at this car, he said to, uh, to Josh. Look at this car. Look at the wheels. Look at the cool wheels. Look at the rad engine. I don't know what rad means. I know what it meant then. don't know what it means now. But look at this. And, 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 and look. Look at the windows. And look and look and look. And be happy, Josh. Josh wasn't really real happy about it. You know, brothers and sisters, we live in a world that there are a lot of folks that we need to keep happy. I need to keep that lady in that beautiful uh, uh, blue dress down there sitting in the third row. I really need to keep her happy, first and foremost. You know what? We have people that we work for. We have uh, that we need to keep happy. 
uh, to that end, if you see a need to get up in the middle of the service and walk out, I'm on call right now, and uh, I've got a chaplain who's going to cover for me, but she's got my phone, and she's got his number, and if she gets up and walks out, it's because we got a call. You know, we don't get hardly any calls at the VA, which is really very interesting. But if she does, she's heading out to call this chaplain because, because we got to keep them happy, and there are folks over there, if they need a chaplain, they need a chaplain. We need to keep our children happy. We want to keep them as much as possible. There are people in this world that we want to keep happy, that we need to keep happy. But on an eternally greater basis, brothers and sisters, you know what? We need to keep our father happy. Because one day we're going to meet him. The Bible says all will die and then the judgment. Why was he happy with Abram? He was happy with Abram because Abram had made the right choice. Now, this is an interesting uh, passage of scripture, and there are varying, varying uh, interpretations of it, uh, depending on who you read after. But in my mind, basically, this is what happened. Abram was the stronger of, of the two, uh, Abram and Lot. Abram was the boss. Abram could have said to Lot, uh, we need to split. I'm going to take the nice, well-watered land down by Sodom and Gomorrah, and you do your best with the scrub up here with where you're at. But you know what? God was leading Abram in his thinking, this man who had come to this area and uh, who God had blessed with finances, with, with riches, with cattle, with herds. But bit by bit, as we'll see, Bit by bit, he was leading Abram away from materialism to the understanding that the most important thing, as we'll see, is God. And so when he offered, generously offered Lot that choice, and Lot took the wrong choice, and Lot will pay for this, as we would read in a few chapters, because sin draws like a magnet, and sin kills like poison. But he allowed him to make that choice. And God was happy with him. You know what? It still comes down to choices, brothers and sisters. Read all the philosophy you want to. You know, read all the works that you want to. And there are many things to read. But in the end, the old song goes, trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. And I will share this with you, what I have found out in my journey, whether it's boss, whether it's wife slash boss, whatever the situation, if I feel like I need to know something from somebody, I go right to that person and find out what's going on. And God says, come unto me, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, put first uh, uh, God in your life, his spirit will lead, his spirit will guide, his spirit will direct, his spirit will, from his word, speak to us and apply his precepts, his promises in every situation that we're going through in life. And his spirit will enlighten us as to what he wants us to do in any situation if we will take the time to kneel in his presence and wait upon him. Not only 
not only does he promise to guide us into the right choices, he promises to empower us. He promises to give us grace and strength to make those decisions that will defeat the temptation, that will defeat the devil, that will keep us on the path. In this day and age of pluralism, in this day and age of anything goes, we need to remember what Jesus said about the path to heaven and the path to hell. There's a path to hell, and it's wide, and it's broad, and there are fast food restaurants on every side of it. But the path to, to God is not easy in the sense of it's narrow, and it's, and it's, it's straight, and it's hard, and it's impossible in our own strength. But through the presence and the power of God's Holy Spirit, we can be more than conquerors through him who loves us. God said to Abram, be happy, because I'm happy with you. You have my smile. Secondly, God said to Abram from our passage of Scripture, be happy, not only am I blessing you with my smile of acceptance, I'm blessing you with gifts. Now, what do we see in this passage of Scripture? We see two basic gifts that were given and promised to Abraham, uh, to Abram and then Abraham and to his descendants. The promise of the land. And then the promise of children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren. I visited a gentleman this morning. And this gentleman uh, could not have been, uh, he's probably 80. He said, we were talking in family, he said, Pastor, he said, or Chaplain, he said, I have five kids, I have 25 grandchildren, I have five great-grandchildren, and I have two great-great-grandchildren. I said, brother, you take the cake, you take the cake. But you know what, that's what God was talking about with Abram. He said, I'm happy with you, I'm blessing you with land, I'm blessing you with Children and grandchildren. Abram did not see through Sarah, Sarai at this time, but Sarah did not see all this bounty of children unfolding. Isaac, he had other children by other wives. But through Isaac, physically, through the centuries, more and more, of course, descendants came. And then Paul opened the door exponentially. When in his writings he says, I consider to be anyone who has faith in the Lord Jesus Christ to be spiritually a, a, a descendant of Abraham as well. But guys and gals, at this point we got to talk about dust. We got to talk about dust and dirt. We went last week out on the trip, we went, uh, uh, our oldest son's friend is a, is a uh, Little League ball player, and we went to the Little League game, and they haven't had any rain up there, and we're walking to the, to the uh, uh, field, and a little boy walking in front started to kick the dust, just started for no reason at all, started to kick the dust, and it's coming back, and it's coming back, and we sit down in the stands, and he's in front of us, and for no reason at all, he starts, he's bored, he starts kicking the dust, and it's coming back, coming back. Dust is not fun. We had, when we pastored in Crothers uh, in the early 2000s, we had a couple who had come out to the Crothers area as, as 
children and, and, and teenagers uh, from Arkansas and Oklahoma. And uh, one day I asked Cleo, I said, Cleo, when you, when you all came here, and you got here in the early 40s, late 30s to the Crothers area, what'd you find? He said, we found dust and rattlesnakes. My guess is, I don't know about rattlesnakes, but the land that God the Father was giving to Abram at this point in time, there was dust, there was probably pit vipers, a very unappealing land. God, thank you for this gift, for these gifts, but what am I going to do with it? What am I going to do with the dust, with the dirt, with the rocks, with the problems? Doesn't it seem that way to us sometimes? Maybe it doesn't to you. We've had kind of a dusty go of it for the last year, not just because of the pandemic, but uh, shoulder operations and, and uh, Nita's having some real problems with, with um, some swallowing issues. Appreciate your prayers. She's going to have an endoscopy uh, next week, uh, uh, test done. She's had some problems with some balance and some financial issues. And we'll talk about these issues in our lives in just a few moments. The word says, my God shall supply all your need according to your riches and glory in Christ. When we read the promise, but see and feel and eat the dust, can we hold on? We call Father Abraham, Father Abraham, because he was a great man of faith, but he was human. And you got to think, as he's walking through the land, as he's kicking the dust and the rocks about, you got to think he's no different than us. Really, God? Lot, Lot took the, the beefsteak down there uh, near Sodom and Gomorrah, and we don't even seem to have baloney up here. Thank you, Lord. But wh what's going to happen here? Well, a third truth from our passage of Scripture. Abram, first of all, be happy because I'm blessing you with my smile. I'm pleased with you. Abraham, be happy because I'm blessing you with gifts. But a third truth. Abram, be happy because I'm blessing you with spiritual vision. Now, I will grant you, it doesn't say those words specifically here. But you know what God is saying to Abram? God is saying, Abram, I'm the God who can take desert and turn it into, a, into bountiful land. I'm the God who can take dust and turn it into children. I'm the God whose power is not limited by anyone or anything at any time or any way or any place. And he might have said that he didn't, but he might have said something like this. In years to come, my servant, the apostle Paul down the way, he's going to write these words. All things work together for good for those who love me and are called according to my purpose. And Abram, as we've said, Abram at least saw the birth of Isaac. At a, and we know the story, Abram and, and, and Sarai, Abraham and Sarah at an old age. 
were blessed with this miracle child. And you know, brothers and sisters, if we'll hold on, we'll see God move too. We will see God move too. But before we go any farther with that, let me make a point here. So often we're human. So often do we not just concentrate on the gifts. God, when are you going to take care of my job problem? God, when are you going to take care of my shoulder problem? God, when are you going to take care of my financial problem? God, when are you going to provide that new car that I need? Legitimate issues, legitimate concerns. I think what God is saying here as well to Abram is not just I'm going to bless you with gifts, even in the face of the, du- of the dust and the dirt. I think God is saying to Abram and he's saying to us, I'm going to bless you with the chance to watch me work a miracle. And I want to share this with you, brothers and sisters. When Steve Mounts be, quiet, uh, uh, be quiets, be, is quiet, and let God does his work in my life, in the issues of my life. When I finally get out of the way, I have seen not just the gifts that God gives, but I have been blessed in seeing God do miraculous things in my life, in our lives. And you know what? It's built my faith. It's made me stronger. And it more and more underscores to me the importance. We do not worship God for his gifts. We worship God for him. We worship our creator. We worship our savior. We worship his spirit. We thank him for his gifts. But were he never to give us gifts? He's God. He's the boss. And he deserves our worship. He deserves everything about us. And that's the truth that we see in the first verse of the 15th chapter. Number one, Abram, be happy. I'm blessing you with my smile. Number two, Abram, be happy. I'm blessing you with gifts, land, and children. Number three, Abram, be happy. I'm blessing you with with spiritual vision. You're going to get the chance to watch me turn, or to begin to watch me and your children beyond you, to watch me turn this dusty, dirty, barren land into a place of abundance. Children for, for generations and generations to come. But finally, Abram, Be happy. I'm blessing you with my presence. I am your shield. I am your exceeding great reward. Mrs. Mounts is a young lady. Katie, I'm an old man. Mrs. Mounts is not 25 now, but she's 26. She's a young lady yet. I'm 107, going on 110. And, and I make mistakes. We like the singing group Celtic women. We like Irish 
folk music. And we have gone over the years, uh, they have come through Fresno. We have gone a couple times down to the, uh, to the venue downtown and we have enjoyed their music. A year and a half ago, Anita bought us tickets and we were gonna go, uh, we were gonna go on my birthday in 2020 and uh, the pandemic came along. And so that was wiped out and for a while it looked like they might reschedule for Bakersfield in the fall and that was wiped out. And finally we got word that they were going to come to Oakland uh, on May the 10th. Yes, May the 8th, I'm sorry, May, May the 8th. We were, and um, be there. We took a week of vacation and then seen the kids for uh, up in Klamath for a while. And so a week ago, week ago Monday, yeah, the 10th, week ago Monday, we, we had the rabbit taken care of in terms of somebody watching her. We packed the car. We were gonna go to, uh, to uh, Oakland and enjoy the singing. And then the next day, we were gonna go up to Klamath Falls. As I said earlier, it's been, an, it's been a year for us in several areas of our lives. And we've prayed about some things and talked about some things and have some decisions to make. And, and uh, some of it came together, some did not yet. And so we thought, you know, we're going to go and enjoy that night in a nice hotel and go to the singing and enjoy that. And, and, and sometime during that period of time, perhaps we'll feel like, you know, talking about some things. So we drive up there. We get to the hotel. I didn't realize that Oakland was as close to Berkeley as it is. It's just a couple blocks away. The venue was actually in Berkeley. We got to the hotel uh, about four. The event was going to be at 7, I believe. Got to the hotel, got an old renovated house, beautiful house. Got up to the room, called the box office, asked, you know, when is the doors going to open? And the lady says, open for what? And I said, well, the Celtic Women concert. And she said, the next time the Celtic women are going to be here will be a year from today. May the 10th, the year 2020. I said, what? And you know, we looked at the communications that they had sent, three communications over the last couple of months, and each of them said, May the 10th, seven o'clock, May the 10th, 2022. We sat in the chairs in the room and we looked at each other and Nita says, well, we're here, we're just a little early. <laughs> Year early, but we're just a little early. And then we both started laughing. And you know, the policy of the place was not to give money back, but the gal at the desk was a nice, nice sweet gal and, and uh, I sweet talked her a little bit and uh, she, she gave us the money. And since then, we're told, and we looked, we made sure we looked, they're going to be up there in the, in the Portland area uh, somewhere in a year's time, and we hope to be there ourselves then. But you know what? Initially, I felt some tension. This is dust. This is dirt. This is supposed to be happening. But as we started to drive and we cut back up, and hit uh, I-5, and as we started to drive, 
a peace came over us. And a calmness came over us. And we started talking about some things. And we started praying about some things. And it was a beautiful evening to drive because we wanted now to get as close as possible up to Klamath. And we stopped for a nice meal. And that was very, very enjoyable. We found a nice room uh, at Anderson, which is just south of, of Reading. And it turned out to be such a nice evening as the Spirit of the Lord spoke to us and as we relaxed because he was there. Because he knew what we needed. And brothers and sisters, the God who turned dust into children, into land, into blessing for Abraham, who became Abraham. The God who helped us and continues to help us as we give our stuff to him, whatever you're going through. Maybe you don't have dust in your life, but my sense is if you're human, you probably do. He reminds us, I will never leave you I will never forsake you. Come unto me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Brothers and sisters, I say again, praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above, ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. One final quick VA story. I was dealing with a patient recently, and his mother, his mother uh, was a pastor, apparently, and uh, knew the Lord. He, admittedly, he said, I'm not as close to God as I should be. As close to God as I should be. But we talked, and finally I said, could I pray for you, brother? And he said, I would love that. We carry cards around with jotted notes so that we know what the patient may basically is going through and what their name is, some information. And at the top of the card, there's always the name of the patient. And I always want to pray, my memory being what it is, I always want to pray for the patient by his first name or her first name. And I've got to have that name. And so always, when I say, let's pray, they bow their heads and I glance down and make sure I know what the patient's first name is and then I start praying. He caught me glancing down. And I started to close my eyes to start praying and he says, wait a minute, what are you doing? And I said, sir, what do you mean, what am I doing? He says, you're not going to read a prayer, are you? He says, reading a prayer is cheating. It's not the real thing. My mom never read a prayer. She knew God, and they talked person to person. Now, brothers and sisters, I know folks who read prayers and praise God. God listens to read prayers just like he does to, to uh, other kinds of prayers. And I told him, I said, look, here's your name. I'm not going to read a prayer. I just want to make sure that I call you Paul and not Steve or Dan or somebody such as that. And he said, oh, okay. But he says, I want it real because God's real. Brothers and sisters, God is real. 
and he knows us. He knows us better than ourselves. And he doesn't have to read anything to know our hearts and our pains and our hurts because he's right here. He's right here. Would you stand with me, please? Let's, let's sing just a cappella here. Let's sing the doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Thank you, Father, that we can know you, as Paul writes, personally, intimately. We can know you, the power of your resurrection and the fellowship of your suffering. Thank you that we can also know your smile. No, we're not perfect. We are construction project Christians. You are the potter, we are the clay, and you continue to work. You continue to work on us. I'm 69. If I were to live 100 more years, at 169, you'd be working on mounts. But that doesn't come between you and I. You bless us, Father, as we choose to do and know and do your will. You bless us with your presence. You bless us with your peace. You bless us with material blessings, each and every one of us. But most especially, you bless us with you. Father, help us this week. Help us today to be drawn closer to you than we were yesterday. And use us as we sung earlier. Give us a vision of those around about us who need to know you and need to be drawn closer to you as well. Give us a word. Father, a word that sustains the weary to those with whom we live, to those with whom we, we have business with. Father, we love our pastor and his wife, and we're praying for a great weekend that they're having down there. And thank you, and we pray for their anniversary today and bless them. Father, and watch over them and take care of them. And pastor's birthday this week. We thank you for this man of God and this lady of God and their great family. Bless them and be with them as they travel home. We thank you for your grace. Thank you for being with us now. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. amen. God bless you.